today, I want us to go on a journey. And the journey is going to take us a couple of weeks by the grace of God. As the Spirit of God continues to give us the strength to wait upon Him for more inspiration to be able to do the will of the Father. And these uh, topics that we'll be, treat, we'll be treating for the next uh, few weeks ahead of us, 10 weeks ahead of us, is going to be a topic that came from Jesus Christ's own mouth, that he spoke to the disciples as a warning to them, that listen, if you will be my disciples, these are the things that I want you to look out for, as a warning to guard your life and guard your Christian work your ability to spend time with the Father. These are the things I want you to watch against. Make sure that these things does not gain chance to overrule your spiritual journeys. And he gave them 10 things, 10 stuff, that he wanted them to begin to always look up on so that they don't get themselves locked down because it is a strategic activity that the enemy can use to weigh the saint down. Hallelujah. So we want to go on a journey, and I'm saying it's about 10 weeks, and I want you to become very familiar with these things as a son of God or as a child on this platform, as a daughter, as a mother, as a father, as anyone that serves the Lord with us on Emmanuel Christian Assembly. Every one of us will be acquainted with that particular warnings or that statement that Jesus Christ spoke to the disciples. And it is found in Matthew chapter 6, between 19 uh, to chapter 7 up to 29. Those were the areas where Jesus Christ stipulated all these things so that everybody can become aware. Hallelujah. I will try and see how best we can put it together to add it to one of the books that we've written. Hallelujah. If you don't know, your, your pastor has Amen. got a few books also that is coming up. And we are hoping by the grace of God that maybe we might add this to it to make it the eighth or so. Uh, as a book to also expose and bring it up. We will bring them all together by the grace of God when we get the publishers and everybody that is in, in place ready to, who will be willing to uh, help us spread the word of God. Hallelujah. Well, I, I will read through the, the warnings and the things that we'll be dealing about in the next few 10 weeks. And then by God's grace, we can take a very strong, deep learning or lessons in them. Every one of them. Every one of them. Number one, Jesus Christ warned them against trust in riches. Trust, like putting our confidence and our, and our hopes and everything in riches. Number two, double-mindedness. Warned them against double-mindedness. Number three, he warned them against worry and, and anxiety. Number four, is a moat hunting. Number five, careless dispensing of sacred things. Number six, selfishness, the golden rule. Number seven, wrong choices, two ways of them. We'll talk about it. Number eight, false prophets and deceptions that they produce. Number nine, mere profession of salvation. That salvation that does not carry substance or does not have grounds on which 
we are truly uh, confessing that indeed we are children of God. Sometimes we have seen, I, have, I personally have seen people who call themselves men of God who are not Christians. I'm telling you this, of a fact, I know of men of God who are not Christians. They are not, there is no Christ-like behavior in them, in their speech, in their mannerism, in their attitudes, in their behaviors, in, in, in their conduct, and all that. All that it is is that they have put upon themselves a false profession of salvation to think that they are men of God. But hey, you can go to all the Bible schools that in the world that you can get all the master's degrees and everything, uh, as many as uh, your Tabubita can read. Listen, if there is no true Christianity in you, if there's no Christ in you, whatever position or title you carry, or valueless, hallelujah. And also, the last one is insecurity. There are two foundations in that, insecurity. It is very, these things are very, very sensitive matters, which sometimes we just brush over them in one message, and then the church does not grasp the full weight that carries along with these warnings that Jesus Christ gave to the disciples. Hallelujah. And so today we want to do the normal third one. That is worry and anxiety. The thief of life. Worry and anxiety. It is a theft. It's, it's an act that can steal somebody's life, somebody's destiny, somebody's calling, somebody's ideas, somebody's strategies, your will, your power, your passion, the joy, the zeal, everything inside of you, if you don't take care, worry and anxiety can steal that out of you. Hallelujah. And so there are a few things that uh, we will get into by the grace of God and few scriptures that are I hope by the grace of I know that this topic cannot be finished today because there are a lot in it that God is warning us through Jesus Christ in his word, which we hope by God's grace that we can do it today and maybe finish it off in, along the week. Hallelujah. Amen. Worry and anxiety. Let's read from Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Please pick up your Bible. Pick up your Bibles. Hasebros ke vatino sando shesa ke radosa. Luke twenty two. Luke twelve twenty two. Then he said to his disciples, "Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body." What you will put on, life is more than food and the body more than raiment or clothing. Behold, the flowers of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better? Than they, which of you by thinking what can add one cubit into his stature? And when I take ye thought for raiment, consider the lilies of the field and how, how they grow and toil not, neither do they spin. 
spin, using the word spin, that is making an effort to produce something. And yet, I say unto you that even Solomon, in all the glory, was not carried like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, and ye little of faith? Therefore, no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or when? With all shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles also seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek first ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, no thought. For tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This is a warning. This is a warning that Jesus Christ gave to the disciples and the people that was with him that were learning how the life in the kingdom of heaven is like and how we can replicate heaven on earth here with our lives on earth that Christ has given to us. And he drawing these disciples aside and those who were willing to listen to what he was saying, he come them to a place and open their heart to this fact that one of the major things that can steal your life away from heavenly experience is worry and anxiety. Anxiety and worry, they are two different things. They are two different things. They are not one, one thing. But we, mostly we speak them interchangeably to almost like uh, to deal with the same fact. But um, scientifically, they have proven that worry and anxiety, the two are different. Hallelujah. Uh, worry deals with the matters of the mind and anxiety deals with the matters of the health. Hallelujah. And these two put together can produce something to the body that physically it can cause um, health issues to your life. I was searching online about uh, effects of anxiety to the body. Uh, to the body, And I was amazed about what the, the doctors have come to this play. I mean, from your brain to your lungs, to your kidneys, to your livers, to your stomach, to your knees, to, to your veins, uh, to your muscles. Every part of the body gets affected if anxiety is ruling in the body of a man. Anxiety does not know whether you are a Christian or you are not a Christian, whether you are in the faith or you are not in the faith, 
whichever way you please, whether you give yourself to the devil or you don't, if we don't take care and guard our life with diligence by the grace of God, this demonic activity, a seed of wickedness, the thief or the theft of life, the enemy who can come and steal life and kill it and destroy, he will put this weight of anxiety upon your life and worry upon your mind and make your life useless as something that does not weigh or carry any value. The doctors have said, have said that it is a sense of doom, it gives panic attack, it gives headaches, it is an irritability, it gives trouble to the sight, breathing problems, it gives upset to the stomach, a, a pounding of heart, loss of libido, it's amazing, depression, trouble in the mind, and what else? Uh, increase in blood pressure, extreme fatigue, muscle aches, and other pains. Hallelujah. Busyness, business. Uh, is a lightheadedness. Heart rate begins to fluctuate up and down. And these are scientific proofs. And I'm holding them here in front of me. And I'm reading them from the, the scripts, from the scientific proofs. The word of the Lord is telling us that what anxiety and worry brings to this life goes beyond even these things. And those are the things that I want to draw your attention to this morning by the grace of God. And then we will try, by God's grace, as he leads us, to, an attempt, to make an attempt on finding scriptural solutions as to how to deal with this matter. And there are other strategic ways that we can deal with it strategically without focusing on it too much or wasting time on it. By the time you realize it, worry and anxiety would have resolved itself and found a way to move itself away from us. Worry and anxiety, according to the scriptures and the word of God, that they are thieves of life. Jesus said it. Jesus said, then he said to his disciples, For I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you or you will eat, or about what you will put on your body. It's life, not more than food. He used that statement, the word life, L-I-F-E. It's life, not more than food and raiment. And that is where I want to draw for the next one minute for us to um, think a little bit about life. We spoke last week on life. Uh, about last, was it last two weeks? I think so. We spoke about life in Genesis where God made man. And then the Bible says that God breathed into man and man, be man became a living soul. That moment of that breath, the release of the breath, breath, and that what worked in the flesh that he had molded, and that gave it gave it ability to be on its feet, to act and think and reason just like God. What went into the blood? Listen, there was no blood in the veins of the man when God created him. It was the life 
that entered into man, that generated that life blood thing. And so the Bible says that the every life of a man is in the blood. So the life that we possess, which came from God, was breathed into us, or God infused the flesh that he had made onto us with that life. And one that the enemy wants to do is that that life that you possess, he wants to make sure that you don't benefit from that life that God has given to you. So he has created a phenomenon or a phenomenon or a, a, a similitude of actions that is called worry and anxiety. The willingness and readiness to allow yourself to be in the place of thinking about what may happen, which has not happened yet. Or what is ongoing, which you don't have a full picture about the outcome. And creating a sense of urgency that can cause effect of negativity to your life. That is the place where anxiety plays its role as a weapon of defeat of this life that we possess. And so the Bible says that worry is like a sap. That dries the bones. In Proverbs. So worry is like a sap. It dries the bones. Your bone that you possess in you, worry and anxiety can dry it out. And which means that it is not very, very prudent for us to waste time about issues and matters that sometimes we may not be able to put a finger on or know how to deal with it. Hallelujah. I used to worry. Hey, I used to worry about how people perceived me, how people will listen to me, how people will respect me, uh, and all kinds of interesting facts that, uh, that I knew that they were important, but listen to me. I just still couldn't figure out and I couldn't help it. Any opinions of men about us can never Ever be changed if man decides to do or think negative about you. What you can do is to do your best to live your life that will please your father, the most high God. And therefore, if there is any situation in this life, in your life, in your work, in your ministry, in any area God has called you, whatever it may be, in your whatever it may be. If you're not sure of how to handle it, don't let it generate this factor of anxiety to weigh itself as a weight upon your life, upon your mind, to deplete the life that God has given to you to live. If not, you will do an injustice to the benefit of God's grace upon your life. And therefore, Jesus warned the disciples that that life that you possess is a precious commodity that the Most High God gave to you. And so, guard against worry and anxiety on this fact of life. So, Philippians chapter 4, Paul the Apostle also observed some few things about what anxiety could do. And he was trying, his attempt was also to try to speak to the church in Philippi that, listen, the strategy and the strategic way, the way that things are happening now, the best way to do is now 
find ways and means to remove anxiety from the realms of your heart and your mind. And these are the ways I want you to go about it. Let's read Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Let's hear what Paul's suggestions were as he spoke to the church. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the peace of God, we suppress all understanding, will guide your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. And that was the suggestion of, God, of, of Paul, the apostle. And I think that I will, um, I will um, accept that kind of suggestion because it is a suggestion that can help me, a, a strategy that can help me to deal with the matters of anxiety. Jesus helped us to know the dangers of it. That one, it depletes your life and keeps you away from being able to Fulfill the mandate of God's grace upon your life to replicate heaven on earth here. The kingdom of God, which Matthew he spoke and said that if you are praying, pray like this, our Father in heaven, uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That kingdom come is an act of living a heavenly lifestyle on this earth. But when worry and an anxiety is taking charge over your life, no matter what you do, you will never be able to find the expression of heavenly mandate on earth here in your life. And so Jesus said, be careful how you allow this situation of life to deal with you on your heart and on your mind. The scripture says, Apostle Paul said, he put it, that the mind is the battleground. It is in that place where the enemy will fight you because it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. So if there is worry in your mind and anxiety in your heart, there is no place where you can find divine expression serving the Lord in true humility and in true worship. So he is advising that never give room for anxiety to take over. Let's see why some of the reasons that God, through Jesus Christ, is warning us that we should not give room for anxiety. One, he says that life is more than anything else that we want to eat or, or, or put upon ourselves, whether it's food or raiment. And we know how the world is going now. The threshold at which the world is going, where we are heading is a dangerous ground. I'm talking about, uh, I, 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 after the Lord gave me warning, I went online and I began, I've given the warning already. that few things going to happen for the next 10 years to 12 years. After the 12 years, things will change to better. And the idea that God is going to do is to draw men to him well. And I have seen one of my spiritual fathers recently, somebody posted, after um, we, we brought that um, uh, idea that the Spirit of God was sharing with us, with the warnings that was going on uh, for us to all to be to, to be taking note of. Somebody, one of my fathers, posted some of the uh, prophecies that was recorded by one of of the great men of God that I look up to. He's gone into glory, but he, I still feed on his substance and his prayer and everything that he, every now and then. And the Lord spoke to him. That even it, I've got it online. I've got it online. I've got it on my phone. The Lord spoke through him and said that even there is going to be a time 
that those with oil, it won't benefit them. The countries that has oil, it won't benefit them. And this phenomenon is going to be a global situation. So if you see that Africa, you are struggling with financial instability and you are blaming your government, it is a similar situation here in UK. Within a, a few, uh, how many weeks now and how many months? We have had how many prime ministers in this United Kingdom? All because of the situation on the ground. We don't know what's going on in, in, in Brussels. I don't know what's going on in there. My sister Rita may be able to help us over there. Whether the situation is okay and there is stability and everything is all right, prices have not shot up. Everywhere, globally, everywhere, it is a situation that is having effect. The enemy is pumping all kinds of weapons into the atmosphere of life so that this weapon of worry and anxiety will begin to grate men, weaken them and rob them of life that we possess. So Jesus Christ is warning you and I that let us not give room for anxiety and worry to operate. Not in our lives, not in our family, and not in our home, not on our jobs, or anywhere he places us. Anxiety does not add value to your life. Hallelujah. Anxiety does not give anything for you to profit your life with. Hallelujah. So he says that life is more than meat. So it's one of the reasons why we should never worry. Hallelujah. Think about life and be grateful for what God has given to you as a life. Number two, he said, beauty is more than raiment, which means that this flesh that he gave to us in Genesis, it is more better than something to put on. Remember, even in the beginning, he never gave man clothes. He never gave man clothes. After the Bible said that he created man in his image, man was just as God was. And there was no place of a need for covering of anything because God himself was the covering of a man until the disobedience and the willingness to move away from what God had instructed man not to do. And then from that point, the Bible says that he became aware of himself. Listen to me. That is what worry and anxiety does. The moment we heed to the voice of worry and anxiety, it opens a door to invite evil activity that shuts God away from this life and this body that he's given to us. And so it weakens our effort of being able to glorify God in this body that he's given to you and I. And so the enemy will do anything to make sure that worry and anxiety begins to feed on your life feed on your hopes, feed on your confidence in your God. And by the time you realize you and God are falling apart, there is no place of understanding or common grounds on which the two of you can express love with each other. There will be no fellowship. There will be no understanding. There will be no place of union for the things of the Spirit in you. And then this body begins to deplete from the nourishment that God has given to it because of anxiety. Number two, number three. He said, men 
am I greater than materials? Which means the, the ability to embrace your brother and your sister, the willingness to open another door for a brother or a sister to help you, to connect with you, to be able to share ideas together. Like my sister Susie on the platform, she brought the idea as to how we can find ways and means to be able to establish a system where anybody who is willing to give by God's grace will be able to do so. And so she established the Momo account for us in Ghana. So anybody at all can put something in there. And it's from this same account that we can also be of a blessing to many. Hallelujah. And somebody on the platform also said, okay, my God, I think that your background is too dark. And therefore, I want you to do, I want to do something for you. And then the person sponsored and we bought a stage light. We have four of them. Very strong stage light. I'm only using two. Only, only two that I'm using. Two is still on spare. Two, four stage lights. So the idea is that if we are having men in our coffers or in our domain, there is a sense of bonding, a sense of understanding, rubbing shoulder with each other, the willingness to learn from each other can help heal our heart from this place where anxiety can actually weaken us. And so he says that men are greater than materials and also men are greater than creations, the things around us. If we don't take care, we can let that become a weight on our lives and then we lose the opportunity to find expression in God's in our body by God's grace. He also says that providence, God's providence, is all about us, over all creation. So never let worry and anxiety to set in your life. Again, the Bible says that worry and anxiety, they are sinful and they produce fear. Worry and anxiety, they are sinful and they produce fear. It is an act of producing as though something exists, and yet it does not carry any life or any existence. It's a disease-causing effect of ills, worry, and anxiety. It is a disease-causing effect and ills. It is like borrowing trouble that can never be paid back. Worry and anxiety. It is like borrowing trouble. You borrow trouble and it can never be paid back, which means that you have borrowed somebody's trouble and you have kept it to yourself. So you are living a troubled life and it can never be paid back. That is what worry and anxiety can give to man. It is brooding over something that may never happen. Worry and anxiety, brooding over something if we're talking about brooding, it is like a chicken. Uh, when I was in the village, I used to have chicken and I used to have my small poultry there. And, and when my, chick, my chicken uh, gave, uh, had some eggs and all that, I want more chicken, what I do is to put it in the cube, in the cube, uh, chicken cube, and then put the chicken on it. And then it will brood over the egg a couple of days. And then it hatches chicks. And that increases my capacity. That is what worry and anxiety does. It broods over something that may never happen. And guess what it is? It is trouble. It is brooding over trouble. So it begins to hatch more trouble, more worry, more anxiety into your life in different areas that does not need any strength or anything to be doing in your life. So worry broods over something that may never happen. It's creating trouble that never existed. Worry and anxiety 
It's an act of creating trouble that never existed. A misery or a death rope, creating death rope by ourselves. It is a burden borrowed from tomorrow, which, which belongs to others. That's, that, that's the meaning, another meaning that the Bible is giving to us. Some of the reason why we should never worry. It is like borrowing a burden from tomorrow. And tomorrow is not ready here yet. Yet we have borrowed trouble for a burden from tomorrow, which belongs, which may belong to somebody else. Hallelujah. We've learned all these things by God's grace out of um, a huge undertakings in my life. And some of them have come to the place of realizing that if God doesn't help me, I will never be able to be helped. And so I don't even bother to worry about it. Hallelujah. I always leave the heart to God. Let that be God's consequences. And let the actions of taking the step of faith Trusting him that, listen, I am making a move on these grounds and I am relying on you on every step of the way because the Bible says the steps of the righteous. If the scripture puts it that way, which means that I don't have to think about the process, but I have to think about the actions of the process, which is taking the steps, the willingness and the readiness to take the steps. I told you last time when he was speaking to, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Joshua, that taking the people to the promised land, he said, let the priests put their feet in the water. And the water will give way for a dry grounds to appear, which means that in the midst of the trouble, there was solution or a dry ground underneath the water, yet it could not have come into existence until the feet of the apostles or the priests who are carrying the ark to step in that water first, in that trouble first, before the water gives way so that the dry ground, which is under the water, submerged by the water, will give way and appear. For you all to walk in the on the dry ground, but it's it's a phenomenon that it is only explained with a spiritual balance. No works of men, no scientific proof. There is nothing man can ever do to explain that water carries a dry substance, and it can only be attained if your feet steps in it, and then we can see a dry ground appearing. It's only God. And if these disciples and if these people, uh, Joshua and with his people, will stay behind the river and they'll be crying, how are we going to cross? This is a kind of a, a lot of things. We have all kinds of children. We have mothers. What are, how many boats can we put in? Uh, we don't have the canoe. And we can think about everything and they can think on all ideas. If God does not give you the instructions to put your feet in and you start in there, you will always memorize or mess yourself up trying to find solution. But if you take a step of faith and begin to move in the direction of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to find a dry grounds even in the midst of the water of your life. And so never borrow a burden from tomorrow which may never appear for your life. Worry and anxiety, they are great diggers who has no sympathy. They dig our graves 
and there is no sympathy to it. You dig yourself worry and worry and worry and anxiety and worry and anxiety until the time you realize that you have dug yourself a very nice grave and you can bury yourself in there. You don't want to speak to anybody. You don't want to talk to anyone. I was watching one of these kids' cartoon called A Masha and the Bear. I don't know if you have watched it. And, and, and the bear had a kind of a broken heart and found himself in a, in a house. And he didn't want to talk to anybody. He didn't want to associate himself with anybody. And all his savings, he spent them on uh, gadgets and uh, toys. And he was home alone, uh, playing all the toys. And everybody who came to knock at his door, he opened up to you all kinds and all kinds of stuff. By the time he realized he was living in a jungle in his room, because worry and anxiety, depression had taken over his life and he has dug his own grave and he was now sinking in death. So worry and anxiety, they are grave diggers. Don't allow them to dig your grave before your time. Hallelujah. It's a heavy weight that kills silently before our time. Worry and anxiety. They are silent killers. It kills you and I gradually and quietly before the time you are supposed to die. So don't give room for it to operate and to mature in your life. It is a mental and physical suicide exercise. Worry and anxiety is an exercise that kills us, our mental ability and strength, and even our physical health. It is a physical and mental suicide action. So don't give room. It's a time waster. It is a time waster. Anxiety is a time waster. Hallelujah. An opportunity robber. It will rob you of opportunities. From today, never be anxious for anything. The Bible says so. Don't be anxious about anything. I mean, what? Anything, keep that in your mind. I don't have to fret about anything. Why worry? It may not be so. They may not suck you. They may not, they may not make your life difficult. Yes, they may be saying some words, but they may, not, they, may, they may not be thinking about that. So let not worry and anxiety begin to kill you silently, rob you of your time, rob you of opportunity, rob you of anything. There was a story that goes this way. That a man went on hiking. And then he found himself in a, in a very dense forest and he got lost. And he did everything he could do in the night, trying to find a safety that he could hide up in there and save himself from trouble uh, or attack of, uh, of animals and wild uh, beasts in the field. And then what happened was that he slipped and the act of his tripping he tumbled a couple of times and then he managed to grab something in the presence of tripping. And when he grabbed on something, he was now hanging. His feet could not feel the ground, the earth. And so he felt that he was in a mountain. He knew that he was in a mountainous place, but he felt that now he was holding on to a branch that was the only source of his hope. And now he was praying that, Lord, how do I come out of this place? Because I don't know how to be able to get myself out or get myself positioned well and use my feet to touch anything. His feet could not touch anything at all, anywhere. So the trouble 
was that now he had to hang on there with the weight of his body. Every, every person holding on to his deep life, if he jumps, he knows psychologically that he has been in a mountainous place, thinking that if he leaves, let go of the branch that he's holding on to, he will plunge him, his life into death. So he will hold him on to daybreak. And then a thought came to his mind and said, listen, I will pray. I would rather pray. So he began praying. And this man, he was a believer. He had faith in God. And then he kept on praying, asking God, Lord, send me help. Lord, send me help. Lord, send me help. Help me out, Holy Spirit. Come to my aid. And every prayer you can ever mention, this man prayed for salvation. And then the Spirit of God spoke to his heart that let go of the tree. Say, no, 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 no. You, the devil, you are coming to whisper to me in this jungle again. Already, I'm trying to escape, and all of a sudden, now this is where I'm finding myself. And you are whispering to me, I should let go. I'm not letting go anything. I will hold on until salvation comes. And the man was hanging with the weight of his body on his hands, and he was tired in his arms, did not know what to do. And the spirit of God was whispering to his heart that let go of the tree. And I'll grab you. He turned around his head, thinking that somebody is behind him, saying that. I said, no. Because it is dark, he could not see his environment. The only thing that he could feel was what he was touching. Everything else seemed to be that he was hanging in a cliff that if he does not take care, plunging down may cause his death. But the Spirit of God was speaking to him. And little did he know that he was less than six feet to drop down. So literally, if he had let go, his foot would have touched ground. But the man was holding on to his dear life on this branch, thinking that that's the only salvation. And yet God was speaking to him, and he was anxious. He was crying. He was weeping. And he was screaming, Lord, help Help me, somebody help. Is anybody here? And he was even drawing unnecessary attention to himself. It's a similar thing that the act of worry and anxiety does to us. If we don't take care, we will kind of be screaming, be holding on to something that may not even be our place of salvation and waste energy holding on to something that has got no value to protect us. God is saying that sometimes, let go and I will be your catcher. Hallelujah. He has said it. He said that I will not allow your feet to be dashed against a stone. That's what he said. I'll send my angels to hold you up and you will not dash your feet against a stone. So, worry and anxiety, they are mental suicide exercise and they are time waster. They are opportunity robber and a robber of faith and peace and trust in a never failing God. The man hanging in there, the Lord who does not fail was telling and speaking to him that listen, let go, now catch you up. And the man would not let go. So here his faith because of worry of death and anxiety about the fear of an attack of animals. Now he was hanging only three feet, few inches away from. Uh, a few inches away from the ground 
and his foot could not could literally the moment he lives he will just land on the ground and yet because of this fear and because of the unknown that he wasn't sure of what may happen he is now threatening himself all over the place and the opportunity to continue to hold God on in faith and the peace of mind and the trust and the confidence in this God now has been robbed. And so he held on until a daybreak. And when he opened his eyes to see, after crying himself out and holding on and trying not to die, when he opened his eyes, he found out that literally this is ground. That was the ground. That literally living out or letting go of the tree or, or the, the branch he was holding, literally, he couldn't have just gone down to kill himself. Anxiety and worry. They rob us of our faith, our trust in our never-failing God, and our confidence in him who is able to take care of his own. Worry and anxiety is also a stumbling block to others who may never enjoy the true you as God has made. The true you. As God has made. So please. Don't give room for worry. And the last one I want to share with you today. Is that worry and anxiety. They are a disgrace to God. And should never be. Entertained or indulged in. They are a disgrace. To God. Can you imagine. That you have everything in the house, all kinds of food that is in the house and you have enough financial resources that you can pick up your phone and order any meal that you want to order for your children and the kids are still in there and they are crying mommy we are hungry, mommy what do we eat and then they are crying and they are on there and they are, some of them are sighing and other, so what do you want so we are hungry, hungry so yeah go and eat, the kids, go to the kitchen there's food in there so no, we are hungry. We are, and then we keep on crying. And it's like one of my son. There was a time he he I knew that he wanted to sleep, but instead of him sleeping, he was crying. And I said, sleep. And he was crying <laughs> because he was a little boy. He's just a year old. And I knew that he wanted to sleep because his eyes were heavy. And I said, sleep. And the boy won't sleep, and he is crying. And I was upset. Tried to keep him comforting, and he was crying. And I said, I changed his pumpers, did whatever I knew to do. But all that he wanted to do was to sleep. And he was crying, and crying for no reason. And it wasn't like him, so I thought that there was something wrong. And I started praying for him. But all that he wanted to do was to sleep. And he wanted to sleep in the comfort of my shoulders, but not in my, on my arm. And I was sitting there holding him on my arm, so he wanted to sleep here. So... I had to turn around, put him on my shoulders, and the tears went on for a couple of uh, minutes before he began to sleep. Lord of God, everywhere we are, with all that is going on around us in this universe, listen to me, there will be no single life that will ever live on this earth without a trouble, without a problem. No life. Whether you are covered in honey, or surrounded with billions of dollars all over your life, or living in a palace with full of gold and what, or living in a bush in a jungle somewhere in Tibuktu, or anywhere you are, there will be something that will knock on your door that will give you a sense for you to worry. God is saying that never make a room and a seat 
and a bed for anxiety and worry to find comfort in this life that is given to you. And therefore, make every effort to boot them out. And that will be our next point that we will deal with for as God gives us the opportunity to continue. Hallelujah. How do we conquer anxiety and worry? That will be our next topic that we will treat by the grace of God. So today, I came to show you, to open unto you, how worry and anxiety does not help this life and what trouble it brings to this life, how it can rob you and can create something that this health that you possess can become compromised because of worry and anxiety. I know that situations may be knocking at your door. I know that people may be on your nerves and all that. Somebody's on a platform. You almost gave out to somebody because they were keep it, uh, yesterday. It happened yesterday. It happened yesterday. And you almost, you almost lost it. You, you almost lost it. And, and I want to draw your attention to this fact that it is part of this life for us to grow. One thing that we can do is that look up onto Jesus Christ every single time and every single moment of our life. I'll give you just one point of it, that we have to look up onto Jesus. Make sure that our focus is onto Jesus Christ. For that is the place where our salvation comes from. It is God who possesses all life. It is Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. It is Jesus who makes all things beautiful. It is Jesus who said, Father, send me and I will go. Nobody died for you. No situation died for your salvation. No condition made your salvation as successful. It is God through Jesus Christ who came on the cross and died for you. And therefore, let nobody trouble you henceforth. Let no situation trouble you henceforth. Do not allow anxiety and worry to become a seat seating condition in your life. It will give you headaches. It will give you anxiety, insomnia. It will give you fatigue. It will give you chest pains. It will give you all kinds of uh, dizziness, abdominal pains. It will give you uh, all kinds. These are physical symptoms to the physical body. In digestive uh, situation, immune weakness, your respiratory health is all compromised. Uh, what else? Especially on your nervous system, your cardiovascular situation systems. It is all compromised. If you allow anxiety and worry, take over your life. The moment you do that, your health begins to deteriorate. Your faith in God begins to give way. Your strength in life begins to weaken out. And then sickness and disease become your friend. And you live a life that is full of something that is not worth uh, boasting of. Hallelujah. So today, do not allow anxiety to find expression in your life by the grace of God. Hallelujah. And that is what I came to share with you. The world is moving into a very dangerous ground. But your faith in your God, your confidence in what he has established in you will pay off if only you do not cast away your confidence. If you do not cast away your confidence in God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you. And thank you once again. Amen. That is the message of the day. I want us to pray. Amen. 
I want us to pray. Anyone that is on the platform, I know that sometimes some of the situation may be challenging. Sometimes you wonder, you wonder where is help coming from. Sometimes you wonder, you will, you will wonder. It is natural with a human life that we want to know. Oh, so where is my next meal coming from? Uh, I, I know of a man that we, uh, we we read about that he had a, a charity and an orphanage, and then every day they lived the the life of give us this day our daily bread. They lived that life. And so uh, a children's home of about 1,000 kids, who there was no food and everything uh, was almost like hand-to-mouth, daily substance God bringing to them. They lived that life by the grace of God. And every child of God, that is what God expects us to live. We have to live, give us this day, that this day phenomenon is what speaks well in the realms of God's provision. If only we can rely on his benevolence. If we allow God to take expression in us, that give us this day thing will surely come to pass by his grace. So please, people of God, never ever allow anxiety and worry. Find a place in your life that is the room that you have occupied, or the, this life, the house that you have, don't let anxiety and worry find any place, a room in there, a chamber and hall in your, in your life, or a kitchen or a living room in your life, where worry and anxiety, they are feeding themselves and chilling out in your sofas. No, don't make that room for them to be in there. Make sure that you boot them out, speak them out, make sure that you are, we will deal with that, how to deal with it, so that by God's grace, every one of you can become a stronger and a fortified child of God, even in the life to come, the years ahead of us, where darkness is brooding over the whole earth, where uh, gross darkness and hunger, pain, anxiety, uh, worry is everywhere in government. People will be stealing people's stuff. People will be killing people unnecessarily for their basic stuff like food, people will be queuing for food, uh, people will be selling all kinds of stuff. It happened in Samaria. It, it, it happened in Cuba. It happened in, in Ghana in, in the 1980s. Those, the matured mothers on the platform and those who are listening to me, I don't know about other countries, but I, I was watching in Cuba a few days ago how people, people will, will queue for the shop to open. I have queued for bread before. I was a little boy and I had to go and queue for bread. I remember very well. We used to be in Volta Region Ho. That was where we used to live. I used to live with my parents and, I, and mom would send me to a particular bakery to go and buy bread for the family. And we literally, I, a little boy would queue all day till the evening before I get a loaf of bread. And you have enough money, but you can't buy enough food. You can't get enough food. This situation is coming. It is coming. The wickedness of the enemy is producing similar situation. All it is to trouble the heart of man and to weaken the confidence in God, to make life unbearable and difficult, to make sure that people's confidence in God depletes, to make life worthless. Men does not will not value life anymore, to not chari chari uh, cherish this life that God has given to us. So please, Watch out for that situation. When it's coming, know that the enemy is knocking on our doors with anxiety and worry. And tell them that, listen, I have mastered this thing. I'm on top. So please, from today, 
Don't come here. Don't even think about it. And God will surely give grace in Jesus' mighty name. Let's pray that if there is such situation in your life, let's cast it out now. Let every room that worry and anxiety has occupied in your mind, that is not giving you peace of mind. Let's speak against it now. That worry from today come out of my heart and come out of my mind. From today, I'm a free agent for the Holy Spirit's use. In Jesus' name, let's pray together. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you through Jesus Christ of for opening our eyes and understanding, for uh, bringing us to this place of understanding of, uh, of what worry and anxiety can do to this life. Today, we pray to have mercy on us and help us to be able to stand stronger against this strange, demonic, deceptive work and weapons that he has been using against life. We pray, oh God, to help us in the name of Jesus Christ, that any room, that we have opened for worry and anxiety to come into this life that you've given to us today. We refuse them a further existence. We command them to live now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Get out of our minds. Get out of our hearts. I speak over everyone that is tuning now, listening to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That every place that worry and anxiety is having mastery over you. Let it be arrested now in the mighty name of Jesus. I cast it out of your life Jesus. in the mighty name of Jesus. And let the people of God be free. Let all Jesus. listeners that are listening to me now receive their freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Worry Amen. and anxiety. You are people, you are you have a voice, you have a say, you have an act, and therefore I command you to stop your act and all your say that you are whispering in the ears and in the heart of men. Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the condition that has bred this situation, I command it to be arrested and be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. From today, we look on to Jesus Christ. We we say that He is the altar and the finisher of our faith. And therefore, we fear no foe. We don't care about what the enemy may bring. We don't care about the storms of this life. We will not give room for the enemy to bring any kind of worry and anxiety, for we know the one who holds tomorrow. Tomorrow is in the hands of our God. He is the one that we will cast our cares upon. And therefore, Lord, we yield our members and our faculties unto you. Take control and absolute control, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. We honor you. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. 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 amen.